Hello and welcome to the Pilgrims Podcast, the podcast where we pilgrimage our way through John Bunyan's classic, The Pilgrims Progress. I'm Stephen and I'm joined by Jordan. Hello. And this episode, Christian meets Mr. Worldly Wise Man, a man from the city of Carnal Policy who advises Christian to change the direction of his path and where he's going. He knows an easier way. Christian is intrigued. I'm intrigued. Jordan, are you intrigued? I'm most definitely intrigued. So, we've just gotten out of the slough of the spawned. Yep. Help has helped and is on his way. Christian is now solitary by himself. And we're introduced to another well-described and well-named character, Mr. Worldly Wiseman. What a name. What a name. It's um, some things I think that certainly stood out to me. Uh, a couple of things as we are introduced to Mr. Worldly Wiseman. You mentioned there that Christian's walking by himself. He finds himself, he's solitary, he's alone. He doesn't have evangelists beside him. He doesn't have another pilgrim. He doesn't have anybody else on the journey. He doesn't even have pliable. He's got no company whatsoever. And not that we want to jump ahead too far, but Christian learns just how valuable it is, just how good it is to have godly companions, to be walking together with someone. But now he's walking alone. He's vulnerable. He's solitary. And it just so happens that he has this unavoidable meeting with Mr. Worldly Wiseman. Travelling in opposite directions, they're going in two separate ways. Christian, of course, he's going towards eternal life. His face is set towards, and yet Mr. Worldly Wiseman, as you say, he's from the delightful town of carnal policy. Fleshly minded, everything that Christian isn't at this stage. And so they have this, this meeting, this encounter. Yeah, I think there is something in the way that it's almost like they're meeting at a crossroads. And I think Bunyan describes it almost like it's not a literal crossroads. Oh, none of this is literal. It's all allegory. But they cross paths at a certain point. And yeah, you're right. They're going in completely different directions. Carnal Policy is a city that is a neighbor to City of Destruction. And there's something about Christian that's kind of... The word's gotten around about him. Yeah. He's being talked about. He's, yeah, he's the talk of the town, isn't he? He is. I suppose probably because Pliable and Obstinate have gone home and talked about how mad this this coxcomb is. Coxcomb. I want to throw that word in as much as I can. And uh, I think, yeah, I think if he was with help or if he was with Evangelist, the, the whole episode here would be very different. Christian still, we have to remember, Christian still got this burden on his back. It's the burden that's almost made him sink in the sly. It's the burden that's weighing him down and causing him to have to flee. I think there's, there's something important about how he describes that. He says, yes, I'm going to the yonder wicked gate before me. Uh, for there, as I have been informed, it'll be put away to get rid of my heavy burden. It's a burden that, as we see in the very next line, it takes over everything in Christian's life. He doesn't take any pleasure. He doesn't get any enjoyment. He's so laden, he says, with this burden. And then Worldly Wise Man kind of looks him up and down and says, well, I've got 
I've got some advice for you. I've got some counsel, if you'll take it. The way I picture Wally Wiseman uh, in this scene is, is if you're familiar with the fox from Pinocchio. Me? Well, uh, I, don't, I don't know why I'm asking you. You probably aren't. I'm not, no. So the old Disney cartoon Pinocchio. Yeah. You, you're, you're familiar with that? The puppet boy who lies through his nose and has no strings? Yeah. Uh, anyway, in the Disney version, uh, one of the times he's trying to become a real boy... It's probably a very similar setup here. He's walking along and he comes across these two guys. One of them's a fox and one of them's, I think, his assistant's a cat or something like that. Have a wee Google. Uh, you'll see this dapper fox with a top hat and cane and, and cloak. This is the guy, I think, who sells him to the puppet master. But he sells, you know, he, he paints this picture of life. If he, if Pinocchio just listens to him and follows him along, you know, that he'll be able to offer him all the freedoms that he can't get from listening to Jiminy Cricket and Geppetto. And yet it, it leads to his imprisonment. And there's a kind of a, a con artistness to Mr. Worldly Wiseman here. He's a complete stranger. He spotted Christian, goes towards him, pursues him and says, look, you look rough. You look like you've had a hard time. I've got the solution for you. And I think Christian should be suspicious. I think as we read on in the conversation that they have, there, there are certainly alarm bells that would be going off my head with what Mr. Worldly Wiseman says. But the main thing is, he says, so I advise you should get rid of your burden, which is what Christian's trying to do after all anyway. Yeah, but he's trying to do it by following the way that he's been told by by evangelist but we have to remember where he's just come out of he's just come out of this difficult struggle in the sly worldly wise man comes and he holds out this this easier path and it's it's tempting it's it's alluring christian has a has a has a willingness to listen he's got a ready ear but it as you say, like he's not prepared for what he's about to hear. Let's put it that way anyway. Yeah, I mean, he says, the first thing he says to him is, I would advise thee then that thou wilt with all speed get thyself rid of thy burden. Which you think, yeah, that's what he's that's what he's trying to do. For thou wilt never be settled in thy mind until then, nor canst thou enjoy the benefits of the blessing which God has bestowed upon thee until then. He's saying, yeah, get rid of your burden. And you just want to scream the Christian, yes, go to the gate. Go to the gate. Stick to the plan. Doesn't matter what it looks like. We know how to get rid of this burden. Just stick to the plan. Go to the gate. And Christian says, uh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, and there's a really interesting way he talks about the burden here. He says, even to be rid of this heavy burden, I cannot get it off myself. Nor is there any man in our country that can take it off my shoulders. Therefore, I'm going this way, as I told you, that I may get rid of my burden. He can't take this burden off himself. He knows that much. But he also knows there is nobody else in this country who can take this burden off his shoulders either. Yeah. And then, yeah, wise man says, well, says who? Yeah, who who told you? Who told you that's the way to get rid of your burden? And Christian, as you say, he's, he's a very noble man. He's a very honourable person. I think his name was Evangelist. Yeah, and I think this is where one of the first alarm bells goes off for me or where I think an alarm bell should ring for Christian because Wiseman completely disreputates, disreputates 
Is that right? What? Disregards. Completely. It besmirches Evangelist's good name. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost slander. He says, there is no more a dangerous and troublesome way in the world than that. Avoid this man's counsel. Mm. It's interesting to see that Wortley Wiseman, and again, you talked about the fox and how, how subtle and, and all the rest of it. Wortley Wiseman comes and offers to give Christian this, this counsel. The Christian obviously says, uh, wisely says that if it's good counsel, yeah, of course, of course, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, and he does, he begins with good counsel, as you've already said, you know, get rid of your burden. And that's what Christian's trying to do. And it's only after Christian's drawn in as he's sucked in that, that worldly wise man gives him that kidney punch and begins to, to, to lead him astray. Yeah. And he starts by really just trying to undermine. Mm-hmm evangelist as a man and he looks at him and he says look you know there's proof that you shouldn't listen to this guy look the stadia you've already come across danger and trouble look the dirt of the slough of the spawned is upon you and he said well if this is the start of the journey you don't want to go on and he says he rhymes off he says actually the reason he should listen to him is that he's older he says hear me i am older than thou that you're likely to meet in the way in which you go, wearisomeness, painfulness, hunger, pearls, nakedness, swords, lions, dragons, darkness, and in a word, death, and whatnot. Which, from having read ahead a wee bit, <laughs> seems pretty accurate of what he comes across. He's, what he says is true, but he's also, there's no reason why Christians should be listening to him. Yeah. He's still a stranger as much as Evangelist was. That's the irony there. He finishes off that little paragraph. He says, why would you so carelessly cast yourself away by giving heed to a stranger? Says the stranger. Yeah, listen to this stranger instead. Yeah. But Wortley Wiseman starts off, as you say, by besmirching evangelist, by denouncing him. But he quickly moves on and asks him another question, not just about the person, but how did you get your bird in the first place? Christian answers, look, I read this book in my hand. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the servant, it's not just the evangelist, but it's the, the message within that, that worldly wise man turns on. Yeah, there's a smug, oh, I thought so. You look like the kind of chap who'd believe what's in the Bible. Uh, he calls him a weak man, or infers that he's a weak man. He says, this happened to other weak men, you know, just like you, uh, meddling around with things that are too high for them. Not to, well, yeah, yeah, I want to turn it just to, to the scriptures, um, because every, every line in this pilgrim's progress points us to scripture. And for me, anyway, if we read first Corinthians and, and Paul, Paul speaks to us about the pursuit of, of wisdom and worldly wisdom, mm. wisdom of the world doesn't help us to find God, doesn't help us to, to know God. And he says that in 1 Corinthians 1. He says the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. And Wortley Wiseman's warning of all of these dangers that are coming away and running away, running away from this danger, from that list that you read to us there with dragons and what was all the rest of them? Lions and death. Yeah, running away from that 
seems to be the wise thing to do. As he said, self-preservation, save your life. What does Christ say to us? He says, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take off his cross and follow me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life, but not just loses his life, loses it for my sake, will save it. Yeah. There's a way Proverbs tells us it seems right to a man that worldly wise men dangled in front of the Christian that's dangled in front of us. Take the easy way out. Look after yourself. Look after number one. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And that's exactly what, what wise man says here. He says, I could direct you to the obtaining of what you desire without the danger. And the remedy is at hand. Besides, I will add, Instead of those dangers, you shall meet much safety, friendship, and content. It's offering, yeah, the easy, the easy way. It says there's a, oh, there's got to be a better way than having to walk in the narrow path. And that's, that's what the world says to us today. There's an easier way. Why wouldn't you take it? And Christians intrigued. Of course. Yeah, it's devastating to read. You know, he says, "Sir, I pray." Open this secret to me. And even that, you know, that, that phrase, open this secret, rings of that early church heresy of Gnosticism, of there's a secret knowledge that, you know, that, yeah, Christianity is pretty hard. You know, the Christians are being thrown to the lions, maybe not the dragons at that stage in the first century, but certainly the lions. Yeah, but there's a secret way, you know, there's a more spiritual way of doing all of this without getting mud on your boots. You think you just call it the Christian? No, stop it! Remember evangelists, and we're we're ushered then to go to the city of morality. Have you ever read Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners? Is that Bunyan's autobiography? Pretty much. This is what he says. He says the Bible was precious to me in those days, and now me thought. I began to look into the Bible with new eyes and read as I never did before and especially the epistles of the Apostle Paul were sweet and pleasant to me and indeed I was never out of the Bible either by reading or meditation still crying out to God that I might know the truth, the way to heaven and glory. Christian has this goal in mind and it's sincere but as you say Worldly wise man comes and directs him to this place called morality. I was reading that Mr. Worldly Wise Man was based on a real minister that Bunyan knew, the Reverend Edward Fowler. Oh. Reverend Fowler was someone whose views Bunyan attacked in his book A Defense of the Doctrine of Justification by Faith. So he saw him as kind of a false teacher, uh, an anti-pastor. There's a really interesting phrase. He's he's done the bait and switch perfectly here, Wiseman. You know, he's he's undermined the scriptures. He's belittled evangelist, and now he offers the alternative. He says, "Go to the city of morality." Uh, and there's a gentleman there who is called Legality. And he's a good man. And then there's this really interesting 
description of him. He says, that, go to legality, go find Mr. Legality, because he has skill to help men off with such burdens as you're carrying on your shoulders. And we've just heard Christian himself say, I can't take this but bur- this bun- bunion. Uh, and we've just heard Christian say, I can't take this burden off myself, and there is no one in this country who can do it. And Wiseman says, go to the city of morality. There's a man there called Mr. Legality. He can take off your burden. This place is great. And he's a really good guy. Um, to my knowledge, he has done a great deal of good. And uh, there's almost a justification here for, for veering away from the wicked gate. Mm-hmm. He says, it's okay to go this way because we've got this guy who can fix you. He's a really good guy. He's upstanding and judicious. And he's uh, a model citizen in the city of morality uh, and he does a great deal of good and because of that it's worth coming off the path and he's not the only way to help I mean if it's if legality's not there if a if a works righteousness isn't enough well then look look to his son handsome young fellow I'm sure he's got <laughs> long hair he's got a thick beard he's got muscles handsome young man civility and look, if being good doesn't help, then just just be civil. Just get along with people. Just mm-hmm. act decent, and you know what? It'll all be well. You know what? It, it's you know. It, but they this we're doing so much good, so we can sidestep the gospel to do so much good. Mm-hmm. And uh, so long as we're helping people, so long as we're encouraging people, that's enough. We don't need to go on to the gospel. We don't need to make it to the wicked gate. We're just doing a great deal of good i think that's that's not it's these are these are the fruit of the gospel these aren't replacement for the gospel Mm -hmm. and they're they're a bridge that only goes halfway yeah as you say we're not saved by doing but we're saved to do saved to do good works and of course you can nearly I suppose it's like everything in this day and age is just two extremes. So as you say, you have those who are concerned with the social justice and looking after humanity. And that's good and that's noble. And of course, you say, as Christians, we're, mm-hmm. we're called to do that. We're called to look after the, the widow and the orphan. But that, that, like, that's not a replacement, not to repeat what you're saying but that's not a re- that's not a replacement for for the gospel we're called to be moral people we're called to be civil people but not at the expense of going through the narrow gate and then you get this sly old fox just you know twisting the screws a wee bit more and he says well you know what why don't you stay there's plenty of houses here. We'll uh, we'll go get your wife and kids for you and stay in this village. Uh, there's reasonable rates and there's cheap and good stuff and the neighbours are honest and have credit and good fashion. And once again, you have Christian kind of, you know, stroking his beard and, and taking everything in and saying, well, if this is true, what this gentleman has said, my wisest course would be to take his advice. And again, you just want to scream the Christian, no! 
Yeah. Remember the git? Remember the plan? Remember the path? And he mixes, he says, so how do I get? And he turns. Yeah. Out of the narrow way. And you're just reading this, shaking your head. Yeah. Why, Christian? And you have to think, like, what are the things that take us off the path that we, like Christian, are unaware of how dangerous they are? They seem like good things, morals, civility, you know, comfort and uh, friendship and safety. What are we lured by where everyone else is just screaming, no, stick to the plan? Yeah, what's in our pilgrimage, we all will meet a a worldly wise man or two or ten along the way. And what are they going to dangle in front of us? Which direction are they going to point us? I mean, it, it seems so absurd that he falls for this. And yet we know ourselves how easy it is to find ourselves in ridiculous situations of our own doing. Certainly. It's easy to read this and shake your head and go, Christian, how yeah. could you? But that's us. You can easily look back and see situations that you took a path of least resistance. Yeah. And, and like Christian sees here, it's not, it's not long before he realizes that what he's done is very foolish indeed. So we ask him, sir. Which is the way to this honest man's house? And it almost it almost parodies earlier in the book with Evangelist and the gate that he can't see. And he says, you see yonder wicked gate? No. Yeah. Well, do you see the light near it or the light around it? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think. I say, ah, go that way. Go that way. That's the plan. And immediately here he says, you see the hill? Do you see yonder high hill? Oh, yes. Very well. And he's told to go, just just go down past that hill, and it's the first house you come to. And so he does? He does. He turns off an hour away, he heads towards Mr. Legality's house, heads towards the village of morality. But this hill is, is not what he thought it was. It seems to be hard and high, and uh, in fact even overhanging above him. And fiery. And fiery, and the burden gets heavier, and you realise that this is not just some pleasant little hill, but Mount Sinai, and we get strong references to the children of Israel at Exodus 19, as they sat at the bottom of Mount Sinai and were terrified to approach God on the mountain. And there was lightning, and there was fire, and there was smoke and cloud. This seems like the end. It does. He stands still. He's burden's heavier than ever he's frightened he's trembling with fear he's sweating he's sorry that he ever t- took that scoundrel worldly wise man's counsel this is the end for christian what a cliffhanger what an exciting cliffhanger to finish on it <laughs> might be a literal allegorical cliffhanger will christian make it through the, the mountain of Sinai? Will Christian find his way back onto the narrow path? Tune in next time to Pilgrim's Podcast. Thank you for listening uh, to Pilgrim's Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at 
Pilgrims Pod. You can email us your thoughts on what we've discussed or any kind of thoughts or comments you have on upcoming parts of the book. Uh, pilgrimspod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I've been Stephen. I've been Jordan. And we'll see you on the other side of the mountain. Bye. Bye.